This is a GRDC podcast. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. In the future, frost mapping could help growers and advisors predict and assess areas of crop damage and make timely management decisions. The frost mapping project is just one investment related to GRDC's key investment target strategy for frost. The frost mapping project has two components, the actual mapping of where frost has affected a crop and investigating technologies to assess frost damage before it's visible to the naked eye. Mick Faulkner is an independent agricultural advisor from South Australia's northeast cropping zone and he's been working on both aspects of the project. Mick is one of two people you hear from in this podcast. The other is grain grower David Mitchell from Mintaro in South Australia. And his family's farm was one of the two trial sites CSIRO has used to collect weather and terrain data for the frost mapping project. David describes the area he farms. We've got a bit of undulating country and then quite a few flats. Obviously the flats are more known for frost, mainly cropping country, but I guess with the occurrence of frost we're swinging back to a few other options. And how is CSIRO using your land? Well they've put a lot of data loggers around and collecting some data to try and see if they can make a mapping project to try and work out if there's a reason that frosts occur in certain places and trying to model the frosts. Mick, what about your involvement? We are involved as part of the bigger project with the University of Western Australia and the Victorian Department and CSIRO. And then there's two parts of the project. One is the spatial variation temperature, which is the CSIRO project, and the other is the post-frost identification of damage caused by frost. Dave, tell us what it's like on your place uh, with your experience with frost damage. I guess in the last eight to eight or ten years, we've probably started noticing it more. Um, I mean, you you talk to my dad and he says he can't remember it 30 years ago and now we seem to be constantly battling it, constantly planning for it. Um, Yeah, seem to be a lot more incidents of it and trying to create ways that we can, I don't think we'll ever avoid it, but we've got to deal with it and try and work with it. How have you worked it into the farm's priority list? I'd say we spend... Most of our planning for our cropping around frosts, we won't plant crops that are more susceptible in those areas and we've even taken some of those areas out and gone to grazing them and planting some lucerne and stuff like that. In this part of South Australia, Mick, is Dave's story pretty typical? I think it is when you get to the um, the mid-north, you're starting to get into elevated country. Um, But there has been a shift and um, certainly Steve Crimp in his time with CSIRO um, uh, proved that the, the frost uh, window has widened and that's mainly in spring so we actually have a longer frost period now but um, just as importantly the the intensity of those frosts um, has also increased so the so the temperatures um, are, are much lower at, at times um, and frosts are not a once-off event there's you know in this environment um, a damaging frost can occur any time between August and uh, mid-November As well as the project being led by CSIRO, you're involved or collaborating with UWA, the University of Western Australia. How does that collaboration differ? The the work we're doing with the University of WA and the Victorian Department is looking at um, trying to identify if there are some spectral changes in um, freeze-damaged plants. So... And the ultimate aim is that there's, there would be some sort of sensor 
that um, could be deployed to determine if a plant has been frosted or perhaps an, you know, from a farmer's point of view if an area has been frosted versus one that hasn't. Um, and while it's a great hope that it might be done remotely um, through the use of UAVs or satellite, um, in practical terms it, that may not occur and, and it may have to be done you know, at ground level or, or some uh, machine that, um, that a farmer is normally using out in the paddock. So when we combine the two of those parts of the project, the UWA-led part of, on identification, and which has a couple of PhD students attached to it, and, um, and then the CSIRO, um, topographical um, and spatial measurement of temperature change or temp- temperature variation, when you actually merge those two together with other tools that farmers already have, like their, their ability to, to uh, determine frost damage, their knowledge, their intimate knowledge of their places where frosts occur. But as we all know, um, there's, a frost can occur at zero, a frost can occur at, at uh, minus two, minus five, minus, minus seven, um, in this environment in particular. But we don't always get damage at a zero or a minus two. So, so just mapping temperature alone isn't the full answer, but it's a, it's a pretty important uh, part of the component. It tells you where to look. And uh, you would say, Dave, that's kind of uh, more useful to you or potentially will be more useful to you than current practices? It's definitely more useful. It'll make the job a lot easier. We won't have to go and spend days driving through paddocks, pulling heads apart, doing stuff like that. We'll be able to say, right, these are the areas that get done. We'll go and check them. Hopefully there'll be, at some stage, with this mapping, they'll be able to put one or two sensors out and get a correspondence back to the weather station and be able to yeah, use that to get an overall picture of whether it's occurred and yeah, try and work it out from there. Instead of having to go out and check 47 different loggers, we might be able to check two or three or have them send a message back to a, a, a data point and then check them from there. Dave mentioned physically going into the crop to assess for damage. What do you think might be the potential for machines to do that in the future? I guess the potential's there um, and and that is part of the science that has to be done is is can we convert what we're currently doing manually um, through to some uh, um, machine learning and uh, and we've heard about machine learning in other other areas but you know, for some you know, the potential for to have um, let's say a sensor pick up that there's been low temperatures that then goes through to the to a mesonet weather system which predicts the temperature that that had occurred that night over your whole property um, and therefore saying right we've sent a machine out it may be a low-level satellite um, it, may, it may be a drone it may be someone on a motorbike or, or a autonomous um, motorbike and and rapidly map um, because it needs to be done rapidly. You can't compare a, a map at, uh, conducted at 8 o'clock with one done at midday. There are other influences that changes um, the reflectance. So, so something that can rapidly um, identify any, any um, wavelength change would be, would be pretty special to, to people. So I think this, it's not the sky's the limit, but there's, there's plenty of potential for, for the technology um, from remote um, sensing through to machine learning 
um, through to um, making some near-perfect um, diagnosis of damage. If a farmer can get up every morning and have a look at a, a frost incidence and severity map of his whole farm, then it could really add some, some really powerful information to their farming practices. Dave, as you find out more about your own property in terms of where frosts can impact, um, are you surprised at some of the locations that previously might not have occurred to you? Yeah, we've found some paddocks that up on up in the higher country, there's a tiny little creek that might run through it, and that's either side of the creek you get frosted. Yeah, and just at where you would, it's a higher altitude, but it still manages to get done. Mick, this work too, especially the UWA work that you're collaborating on, will help us understand how the plants are being affected. I still think there's there's a reasonable understanding about how the plants are being affected. Diagnosing uh, freezing damage is, is not quite so easy. So I think there's now a, a far better understanding that um, the frost can be damaging across a very wide period of time. Um, and so the identification and the University of WA um, uh, Bonnie and Mary over there and under Ken Flair have really concentrated um, on the um, the reflectance um, of uh, the EM spectrum to, to determine if there's differences. We've we've concentrated here a little more on individual plant parts. So so we've actually got some signals of um, especially from anthers and and stems that um, show that there are some parts of the uh, of the spectrum that can uh, indicate a frosted and unfrosted plant. And and the Victorians have um, have been really uh, ahead of the pack in develop, developing technologies um, to um, to assist in that area as well. One of the problems we do have is if, uh, unfortunately, a, a wheat plant is vertical and if you have a stem frost that's under the head, you may not capture that image from either a drone or a satellite or something flying above. Uh, and we've seen that some farmers can actually recognise frost damage um, before it can be sensed and, and I suspect that's because they're looking at it horizontally um, actually actually seeing damage on a stem or part of a head whereas a vertical view may not show that and, and the vertical view may be dominated by leaves anyway which aren't, may not be damaged so there's, there is a lot to learn in that area and I don't think we want to over promise on, on that but just the fact that there are spectral changes is um, due to uh, freeze damaged plants I think is, it's uh, exciting and it's a good outcome from the project that is um, being wound up. Mick Faulkner winding up this podcast. Grain grower David Mitchell from Montaro in South Australia's northeastern grain belt also sharing his experience and thoughts on frost damage assessment research which is part of the frost mapping project being led by CSIRO Adelaide and collaborating on the crop damage assessment aspect of the frost research were the University of Western Australia, Agriculture Victoria, Independent Farm Advisor Mick Faulkner and Grain Growers in South Australia and Victoria. And you'll find the Frost Mapping podcast featuring CSIRO's David Gobbert on GRDC's online podcast page. I'm Tony Crowley. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 